prophecy update time. Week after week for the past seven years, we have presented a prophecy update for you. Sir Isaac Newton once said, about the time of the end, a body of men will be raised up who will turn their attention to prophecy and insist upon their literal interpretation in the midst of much clamor and opposition. We believe that time is now. Thomas Ice says, prophecy is seen by many in the church as something that is non-essential. Many see it as a secondary issue, merely reflecting preferences that cannot be ultimately resolved by Bible study. Yet to think that about 25% of Scripture can be viewed this way should be an unacceptable approach for any evangelical. 25% of the Scripture is prophetic. And so when people brush it off and say, well, prophecy no one can really understand, that's just not the approach that we want to take. We expect the remaining last day's prophecies to be literally fulfilled, just like all the rest of the Bible's prophecies have been. And since that's the case, we think you can look at the news and trends in the world and see things lining up for their fulfillment. The persecution of Christians throughout the church age was prophesied by Jesus Christ when he told his followers, in the world you will have tribulation. In 2 Timothy 3.12, Paul the Apostle said, Yes, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. We don't talk about it a lot, but the persecution of Christians is a prophecy in the last days. Christians are perhaps the single most persecuted group in the world. Statistics are hard to come by, but I've seen figures as high as 150,000 Christians martyred each year. Now, certainly Christians are being cruelly persecuted right now in Iraq. Back on July 19, the Islamic State of Iraq and Syria, more commonly referred to as ISIS, ordered Christians to convert to Islam, pay taxes levied upon non-Muslims, or be killed. In the region around Mosul, what we know as Nineveh in the Bible, there is not one single Christian left. Fox News reported, and I quote, Mosul, a home to Christians for two millennia, has been purged of them. Long a minority on the vast Nineveh plains and accustomed to persecution, they nonetheless survived alongside Muslims. But when the bloodthirsty jihadist marauders known as Islamic State moved in, seizing Iraq's second largest city and announcing a caliphate of strict Sharia law, Christian homes were marked with the letter N for Nasare, a Muslim term for Christians which derives from the city of Nazareth. They were told to convert to Islam or die. Those who could fled. Now think about that. Not one Christian left in the ancient heart of Iraqi Christianity. A 2,000-year presence wiped away before our very eyes in a matter of weeks. Now more than just a prophecy update, since this involves genuine suffering by our brothers in Christ, we ought to make ourselves aware and then suggest some ways to respond. So let me do that right now. Our friends at Samaritan's Purse are helping the Iraqi Christians. On their website, you'll read this. Samaritan's Purse is providing shelter, food, clothing, and more to families fleeing from Islamic militants. We're continuing to supply emergency food and other supplies as refugees fleeing the conflict in Syria are pouring into northern Iraq, Jordan, Lebanon, and Turkey. We also support local ministry partners throughout the region as they provide physical relief in Jesus' name to the suffering people. If you want to contribute to that relief effort, SamaritansPurse.org. Great organization. On a political level, a Republican congressman from Virginia by the name of Frank Wolf has been almost daily addressing this crisis and calling for political action. 
On his website, he outlines a five-point plan of action, including the following challenge for our president. He says, you can sign bipartisan legislation approved by the House and Senate to create a special envoy to promote religious freedom in the Middle East that has been sitting on your desk this week. It's just waiting for a signature. You can name someone to fill this post who can immediately deploy to the region to work with the Kurdish and Iraqi governments. I contacted our congressman, David Valadeo, via email from his website, urging him to support the efforts of Congressman Wolf. And you can do the same if you feel led to. Go to Valadeo's website, uh, valadeo.house.gov. If you'd like more information in general on the persecution of believers in all the countries around the world, to help you pray for them, Voice of the Martyrs is a good resource. Their website appropriately is persecution.com. Uh, that's the website of Voice of the Martyrs. And so prayer, practical help, political pressure, three things you and I can do. By itself, the persecution of Christians, even though it is a fulfillment of prophecy, wouldn't be enough to tell us that we're in the last days. But when you consider that Israel is a nation again, that Europe has arisen as a united world power, that the technology exists so that we could all participate in a cashless global economy by virtue of some mark in us or on us, and that the professing church is growing more and more apostate, more and more falling away from the faith. Taken together, there is compelling prophetic evidence to say we are close to the end. Will we in the U.S. face greater persecution? Time will tell. I do know we will not suffer the greatest period of persecution the world has ever known, the Great Tribulation. I know that because the Lord is coming to resurrect and rapture the church before that great and terrible day of the Lord. And that's why every week I ask you, are you ready for the rapture? If not, get ready, stay ready, keep looking up, because ready or not, Jesus is coming. Amen?